Hi everybody, this is Jeremy. My wife Candace and I are the pastors at the Ridge Assembly at Park Hill. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We hope this message connects with you, that inspires you, reveals God's word of truth in your life. Be encouraged and enjoy the message. Without further ado, let's dive straight into the word of God this morning. Uh, because I do believe that we've got something to share. And I love the word of God. So if you can find Luke chapter number 5, uh, it'll be on the screen. But if you have a glowing Bible with you, or even an old school paper Bible, uh, you're welcome to go with me to Luke chapter number 5. It's the Word of God. Luke chapter number 5, beginning in verse number 17. Now it happened on a certain day, as he, this is Jesus, as Jesus was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who came out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought on a bed a certain man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. When they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. So up on the roof, they, they tore off the shingles, tore off the roof tiles, and let the man down into Jesus' midst. Not missed. Right? This isn't like a not like a, a worship service with a fog machine. Into the presence of Jesus in the midst of them before Jesus. Verse twenty. And when he Jesus, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, "Man, your sins are forgiven." And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, "Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sin but God alone?" But Jesus perceived their thoughts. He answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, Rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And immediately he rose up before them, took what he had been laying on and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed. And they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. Ladies and gentlemen, I love this story. I love this story. I love the Word of God. So Jesus is teaching, and the house is packed. And I love a packed house. I love a crowd. But this is the days before social distancing, right? So this wasn't the, the two-thirds capacity. This wasn't the, the six feet, don't, don't get close to me. This was the, even before the days of, like, fire marshal regulations. So they were only limited by the physical space that they could fit inside the house. And the house was packed. Right, forget about social bubbles, uh-uh, no more. Like, like this was, they were in there together. It's like a clown car, right? They were packed out. There was no other space for them to be. And, and Jesus is the center of all this. And they just they got to get in to hear what he's got to say. And so when these, these friends, we know that they're four friends from the, the same story in, in Mark chapter number 2. When these four friends saw that they couldn't get the, their, their friend to Jesus to be healed, they, they had a grand idea. And they had some grand faith to back it up. They did something incredible. 
called him up to the roof, lowered him down right there in front of Jesus, and then Jesus focuses on their faith more than he focuses on the problem. He says, wait a minute. They got, hit, they got Jesus' attention because of the, the work that they did through faith. And Jesus looks at the man, and he sees, he sees the need behind the need. Right? The first thing that, that needed to be healed was not the man's arms and legs, it was his soul. And so, so sometimes what we, what we think is our biggest need is actually not the, the thing that we need Jesus to take care of first. Sometimes we come before Jesus with our laundry list of things that we want him to do for us, and all he does is pierce through us and say, wait a minute, before we deal with your want list, let's deal with the condition of your heart. And that's exactly what he does. With this man, see, sometimes God offers us what we don't ask for so that we can receive the best. Jesus addressed the root of the problem, which was sin. He forgave the sin. He, he healed the man as a testimony uh, of God's power and of forgiveness to all these people. And guys, I tell you what, I love this story, and there's so much that we could say. I've heard it preached a, a million times. I've preached it a million times. It's so rich. But I believe that the word of the Lord to the church this morning is the last phrase from verse 17. And I don't say that lightly. Is the guy, I've been preaching since I was 20 years old. And for those of you that are counting, it's been a long time. <laughs> I've been preaching for quite a minute. And sometimes, a lot of times, I'll come to church with, with something from the Word of God and, and, and everything in the Word of God. It's inspired and, and it's, it's there for our edification. And so we come and we deliver that. And But then sometimes there are moments where you come with a passage from the Word of God and you know that it's not just universally true, it's specifically true for these people for that moment. And honestly, I don't, I don't say this lightly. This is the Word of God for this body for this season, today. So whether you're sitting in, in this room or whether you're part of our online community, I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, this, I believe, is the Word of God for this body, for this season. The last few words of verse 17, so again, it happened on a certain day that he, he was teaching the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, that they're sitting by. They'd come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the last sentence says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And ladies and gentlemen, I believe that this is the tagline of our next season. Now, when is this next season going to start? It's probably today. It might be next week. It could be a month from now, but it is imminent. It is upon us. We've come through a long season of the Rona, a long season of the winter, a long season of whatever it is in our personal lives. We've come through these seasons. God has been with us every step. There's never been a moment that we've felt, we may have felt alone, but there's never been a moment that we've been alone. But now, ladies and gentlemen, those seasons are passing away. And the new season that is in front of us, the defining characteristic, is going to be that the power of the Lord is going to be present among us to do something incredible, something unprecedented. The power of the Lord is going to be here. And so it's our responsibility, ladies and gentlemen, even this morning, to host the presence of the power of God. A couple of things I want to point out this morning. The first thing is that power follows faith. 
power follows faith. Now you can contrast the story that we just read here from, from Luke uh, chapter number 5 with the, the story from Matthew 13, 58. So if you, don't, if you don't remember the reference, I'm sure you remember the story. Matthew 13, 58 is when Jesus goes back to his own hometown. And the Bible says that he can't do many miracles there which not many miracles is still something I'd like to see, right? But, but, but compared to what Jesus had been doing around the countryside, he was limited in the number of miracles that he could perform in his own hometown because the Bible says their lack of faith, their lack of faith in his hometown limited the demonstration of God's power. It didn't limit his power, but it limited the demonstration of God's power. Sometimes... God surprises us and makes the first move, right? But it's still our responsibility to respond with faith. That's what we see in some of the, the other stories in the Bible. Like, like um, you know, sometimes we're surprised when God moves. Sometimes, you know, you always hear that we don't understand God's ways, and it's usually associated when something negative happens, something bad happens. It's like, well, I just don't understand the ways of God. The truth is, ladies and gentlemen, that, that, that that's also true when good things happen. When we have more than we deserve, because I've got more than I deserve. When we experience more, more power than, than what we could ask, think, or imagine. When I don't understand why God makes a ways, even sometimes when I don't feel the faith that I've got. I, I don't understand why he pulls me out of the waves, even when my faith was overshadowed by the side of the storm. But I do know this, that faith follows power, even if he makes the first move. It's like the story in the Bible in, in John chapter number 4 about the, the angel that troubled the waters at the pool of Bethesda, right? Power follows faith. Now, now the angel came down and he troubled the water, but then the people reacted by faith to get in. The first people that got in are the ones that received the miracle. So power is following faith. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe that, that, that if we're going to be prepared for this next season, we've got to go ahead and, and imagine that, 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 that if God is, be, is standing at the door and knocking, waiting on that fellowship with us. We've got to be tuned in to hear him knocking, start on our end, start asking, seeking, understanding, pushing in deeper into the presence of God. And then we've also got to be prepared if God makes the first move. How are we going to react? I can't wait to be surprised by the power of God. Right? But I don't want to be shocked by it. There's a difference between being surprised and being shocked. Being surprised is something, it's good, and you know how to react. You know, you're kind of, ex ladies and gentlemen, I want to be expectant. To have in my mind that God is going to do incredible things among us, so that even if he surprises us with a visit, that we're not caught cold. Power follows faith. Secondly, power grows faith. See, the friends here did something extraordinary. These four guys, these four friends, they did something extraordinary and honestly a little risky. The Bible doesn't say whose house it was, but some Bible scholars believe it was Peter. 
If you're going to pick a disciple to tear the roof off their house, don't pick Peter. <laughs> He's the guy with the sword that cuts people's ears off. He's the explosive personality. These guys were taking a significant risk. They hauled the guy up to, 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 to the roof, tore open. The, they didn't know how the owner of the house was going to react. But, but their faith, their combined faith, worked together to see the miraculous. And ladies and gentlemen, the, the paralytic here, he, he had a measure of faith also. He got lowered through the roof. What, what, if, what if the guys who tore away the, the tiles, what if, they, what if the roof wasn't strong enough now that it's got the hole in it and they all fell in? What if the guys weren't strong enough? Then, what if the ropes broke? What if he got down to the bottom and Jesus is like, what are you doing here? And sent a rebuke instead of a healing. They were taking some risk. But ladies and gentlemen, when we are confronted with power, power grows faith. So, faith precedes power but then in the presence of power our faith is grown what made them so bold what made them so daring what made them so full of faith it was the sensible presence of God it was his angels it was his army it was his workmen and they were all there and all ready to do the work of God the power of God was present to heal, is what the Bible says. And that presence of power made them go to extraordinary lengths. You ever been in a service where you feel the tangible power of God? And it makes you bold. The, tan the power of God, when God is present, it's like, it's like a big wildfire. You know, you know how the, when the big wildfires and the wilderness fires out in California and all that, they become so large that they become self-feeding. They create their own winds. And ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly what the outpouring of the presence of God that I believe is, is upon us is going to be like. When we enter into God's presence, when he surprises us here, but, but we're kind of ready for it also, that the presence of God is going to burn so strongly among us that it's going to become a self-feeding thing. And we're going to grow our faith. We're going to grow our faith to react with more power, and it's going to... It becomes a super critical reaction. We're going to achieve critical mass, sustain the reaction, and go super critical and explode out of these four walls to impact our city. Because, ladies and gentlemen, when we're in God's presence, it grows faith. And the, and the kind of atmosphere that there was right there in front of Jesus, there was boldness unleashed to expect the impossible and ladies and gentlemen when we gather in this house in the very near future there's going to be a boldness unleashed to expect the impossible because of the power and the presence of God thirdly power draws a crowd power draws a crowd it does Jesus drew all kinds of people to the house that day again this standing room only right I picture I said the clown car earlier, but you ever been just like really packed in somewhere? That's how this house was. And I remember, so I grew up in Batesville, and, and I love Batesville. It's really, it's great. Um, but there's a sandbar along the river down there. And as, as high school students, we'd go and hang out on the sandbar and have a little bonfire, and it was just it was fun, right? But you can't go down there in your Honda Civic, right? 
you need a four-wheel drive. You need, and not everybody had one, and so we would all meet kind of at the top, and then the people that had four-wheel drives, I had an 85 S10 Blazer, and it was a pretty small, it was a two-door, and I can't tell you how many people I had in there <laughs> to drive down to the same one. You're like stacked in there. Everyone's pressing on each other. You can't hardly breathe. You're like, roll down the window. And that's the way it was in front of Jesus this day in this house. They had no regard to comfort. They had no regard to their their bubble. They were just trying to get close to Jesus. And again, guys, these are the days before like modern hygiene. They didn't have they didn't have dial. But they just had to get close to Jesus. They put aside all of their comfort to get close in every Every walk of life was drawn there. This paralytic who would have been an outcast in that society, it would have been very difficult for them to get anywhere, was drawn. The Pharisees, the teachers of the law, they were drawn. They were drawn from from Judea, from, from, from all around. They were drawn. And ladies and gentlemen, when the presence of God is there, people are drawn. And so for our church, guys, the power of God is going to draw people. Are we going to spend money on advertising? Absolutely. Are we going to try to have great ideas for outreaches? Absolutely. We're going to try snow cones and, and, and a pet adoption fair and, and all of that stuff. We're going to try all kinds of things to get people on the property and to talk about the name of Jesus. But at the end of the day, what's going to be able to draw people is the power and the presence of God. That cannot be substituted it cannot be substituted with it with a very talented worship group or, 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 or a polished sermon. There is no substitute for the presence of God. The presence of God, the power of God draws a crowd. That's what we saw in Luke, and that's what we're going to see right here in 2021 in our next season. It's the presence of the power of God that's going to draw a crowd. Fourthly, the power of God opens minds. See, the Bible says... At the end of that story that I read, the Bible says that, that they glorified God. Now, now, I'm not sure who the they is, but, but in context, it seems to be that, that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law and even the people that were questioning Jesus' authority to forgive sins, even the people that were accusing him of blasphemy, maybe those people who'd previously stood against Jesus' authority, maybe they were the ones that glorified God. And I think that's accurate from the text. Because when you see something incredible, when you see power at work, you cannot deny, you cannot deny the claims associated with the power. Miracles, signs, and wonders, they're evidence of the word that we preach. Mark chapter 16, verse 20, they went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord working with them, confirming the word through accompanying signs. That's going to be part of this, is accompanying signs. Parts of the, the, the gifts of the Spirit, if, if you read 1 Corinthians 14, right, it talks about how, how tongues, interpretation, all the gifts of the Spirit work 
in the church service, right? And we believe in the moving of the Holy Ghost, and we practice those things. But in, but in 1 Corinthians 14, it talks about you know what it's for. It says this in verse 24 and 25. It says, "If all prophesy, but if all prophesy, and an unbeliever or uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all." And he is convicted by all, and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among them. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the thing. In the presence of God's power, minds that were previously closed are open. And so I'm thinking of our prodigals that we pray for. Service after service, day after day, people who have known about God, but today they're, they're not walking with God. People that, that should know better, but in their minds have denied it. They've closed their minds and their hearts have become hard. You know how they're going to get a heart of flesh again? It's going to be because they find themselves in the presence of God and the power of God is present to heal and the power of God is present to soften and the power of God is present to speak and the power of God is present to break down the walls and to break chains of addiction. To break deceptions off of minds, the power of God is present. Power opens minds. And ladies and gentlemen, that's where we're going. That is our next season. Does that start today? Sure, why not? <laughs> Tomorrow, the next day, the next week, very, very soon, I believe that, the, that there is going to be a power present to begin setting this next season in motion. I believe that the angel of the Lord will be present to start this thing rolling. Because here's how it works, guys. The Holy Spirit is inside of us, right? The visitation of God, it's not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is in us. The visitation of God in our midst is, is when angels walk in the room, and in my faith is grown, and your faith is grown, and our faith is mixed together, faith with faith, and we begin worshiping God in spirit and in truth, and there is an outpouring of His Spirit. That's how this works. The presence of God, the power of the presence of God. There's a visitation very soon. So here, here we go, lads. A couple of things that we're going to do to get ready for it. A couple of things we're going to do. We're going to hurry through this and then go to lunch. We'll be challenged by this. I believe there's a visitation coming very soon, and I believe it's going to be a measuring, ready or not. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let's be ready. First thing is holiness. When we have a visitation of God's power, let it be at a moment where he finds our hearts right before him. And that could be on your commute on Tuesday afternoon when there was a fender bender on the freeway and because of a fender bender all three lanes are blocked. You never know. <laughs> the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth. Let, us, let him find us with a pure heart. couple of things, right? So when when the presence of God is, is available, when the power is present, and angels are present to minister, it, it uses the Holy Ghost inside of us is what's really sparking that fire. And the Holy Spirit doesn't want to inhabit a place where He's not welcome or a place that's not holy. So we keep our hearts pure before God. The other thing is found in 1 John chapter number 3, and it says, Beloved, if our hearts 
do not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. The other part of, of holiness is that when we come into this building and the power of God is present and we feel that there are angels in the room, if there's sin in your life, not only does it, does it keep the Holy Ghost from, from working through you, but it makes you, makes you to where your heart condemns you and you're not willing to step out in faith because then you start feeling this condemnation. There's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Conviction is good. Condemnation keeps you away from the presence of God. So we need to be ready. Now, perfection is something that I haven't figured out yet. No one has outside of our relationship with Christ. But having said that, there's still a mandate of holiness, a mandate to keep our hearts pure before God. And when we find ourselves stumbling, messing up, and missing the mark, we say, God, you know what? I'm sorry. Forgive me. And you get up and you don't, do, you try not to do it again. You steer away from it and you're running toward Christ, keeping your heart pure. Because I'm telling you, we're going to be ready for the move of God, and we're going to be ready first with holiness. Secondly, we're going to be ready with expectation. I don't know when that angel will be present to measure the people, to measure the ministry. I don't know when the, the power, the presence of God will be poured out like, like never before. And I'm talking about an unprecedented way. Today was a great service. We've had some good services but, but good is not anything compared to what I believe is on the horizon. I'm not sure when that's going to happen, but I need to be ready to expect it. Because if I expect it, I'm not going to be caught cold. If I expect it, that means that I've got a measure of faith. That every time we come into this building, we're going to begin speaking life. We're going to begin pushing like, like today could be the day, and we're going to be ready. It's an expectation. Thirdly is a discernment. If we expect it, it's easier to discern. So these things kind of go hand in hand. Because when the presence of God is there, when the power of God is present, we must recognize it and we must make room for it and we must understand how we move in step with God. Sometimes, and I've seen this happen in church services, and, and, and it cannot happen here by the grace of God. Please give us discernment, God. What I've seen happen so far, sometimes is, is, that, is that angels will walk in the building and people won't even really know how to react. It's kind of like the story when Peter gets led out of prison by the angel and he goes and he knocks on the door. Remember that story? And the, the girl's like, hey, it sounds like Peter. It can't be. And then walks off. <laughs> like, no, it's really me. He's like, oh, okay, hey. She goes, just leave. Sometimes we miss the day of our visitation. Because we don't have discernment to understand, is that really Peter? Is this really you, God? Is this really your moment? When God moves on us in a way that we don't anticipate, we should expect him to move, but what's hard to quantify is how he's going to move. Sometimes we, we weep before the Lord. And honestly, earlier when we were worshiping after, I mean, I, I felt like just getting on my knees and just taking a second to to be contrite before God, but sometimes it's like Jericho march, jump in the pews. We don't have we don't have pews. You can jump chairs just as well, <laughs> but but sometimes it's swinging from the chandeliers that we don't have either. Now, this may not be set up very well, <laughs> but sometimes it's, sometimes it's exuberant worship. Whatever it is, guys, we got to discern the moving of God and move in step with it. Last but not least, this this is important substance. We've got to have something to measure. When angels are present, when the power of God is present, 
We've got to give them something to be able to measure. So the, the, the way that I can think about this is, so at, at work, and for you guys have probably had this, right? You, we do the, the yearly reviews. Yeah, you know, how great, right? And, and you talk about, you know, the good things you've done. And, and so whether it's a, a yearly review or whether it's an interview or something where you're trying to sell what you're doing to someone else, there's really three things that you look for. When, when I'm hiring someone or when I'm doing a review, here's what we talk about. Talk about the main accomplishments that you have had over the past year or the past measuring period. Talk about what you're doing right now. What are your works in progress? Right? What are you doing? So, so great. I'm glad that you did that. I'm glad you accomplished that. But what are you working on right now? And then, what's your, what's your five-year plan? What, 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 what are we doing after this? And those three arenas, that I'm, and again, I'm just using an example from the natural to talk about the spiritual. When angels are present, when the power of God is present, if we've got for something to measure, we need to be able to come to God with those three arenas. And now I'm talking kingdom. God, here's what I have done for you. Here are the completed kingdom works that we've prayed, that we've interceded, that, that we've given, that, that, that we have, have done these things. God, here's some, some fruit that I am bearing, some things that I have done for the kingdom of God. And those are measurable. What you're working on right now, it's not a completed work, it's still a work in progress. Maybe the person that you're praying for, they're, they're not saved yet, but it, it is a work in progress. Maybe it's not something that you have accomplished, but you're working on it right now. You've, get, you've got a word and it's brewing in you and you're not ready to give it out now, but you're taking notes in your personal devotion time and it's a work in progress. That's measurable. And it's pleasing to God. And then your plans... Maybe you haven't even started yet, but you know you've got, you've got a hope, a seed of hope in your life, and you know that God is calling you to do something, and you say, yes, yes, God, I've got plans for building your kingdom, and I know that when I get to this moment that, that, that it's going to be there, and I'm going to be able to engage in that. I'm going to be able to, to create and leverage those friendships and that whatever it is. I'm going to be able to, to leverage my influence for the work of the kingdom. Completed works, works in progress, and plans for building. And if we have substance, something to measure, then we'll be pleased when we find ourselves in the power of the presence of God. The presence of God was there. The power was present to heal. And I believe that's the tagline. But I don't think it stopped. So healing is going to be fantastic. But I believe we can also say the power of God is present to save. The power of God is present to deliver. The power of God is present for financial blessings and outpourings. The power of God is present. And I believe that's the next season that we're going into. I don't think that it's going to be maybe just a light switch that changes. Maybe it will. Who knows? But I know that, that over the next several weeks, we're going to start moving into this. And over the next several months, that's going to be the tagline, that the power of God is present. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We invite you to be part of our online community by subscribing to this podcast. Also, follow us on social media at The Ridge Assembly PH on Facebook and Instagram. 
If you live in the central Arkansas area, we certainly invite you to be part of our live community. You can join us Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. at the old Park Hill Elementary Building. That's at 3801 JFK Boulevard in North Little Rock. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.